0: Welcome to episode 43 of Yin's Hers. No, I'm just kidding. You, you guys know what you're listening to. This is around the 412 on the TK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Sorry, we're actually switching places with Yin's this week. They will be coming out on Wednesday. We're coming out today on Tuesday, two days postpartum of the. Uh, penguins season finale of getting lo- lost by the rangers where the uh mothers the penguin season is our baby it, we're in postpartum depression right now but yeah so go check out yunsters but we're switching places and if you didn't notice or we didn't see our tweet we will be coming out every wednesday now instead of monday this is our first show that hasn't come out on a monday in i mean a long time like eight or nine months and, and so yeah. Yeah, but this week we'll be switching spots with the Yins hers. We come out on Tuesday. What's going on? Sorry, that was a complete mess, Mini. I, I, I caught you <laughs> off guard. I feel like
1: I was. You said before I pressed record that you wanted to make a joke at the beginning, and I was like, I have no idea where. They, honestly, where my mind went to was the fact that my sister got married this past weekend, and I thought you were going to oh, say something uh-oh. about me not being married and her being married. Uh, but that was not at all expected. But yes, uh, this is not Yins hers. If you're watching on YouTube, that is very apparent uh when you're when you're looking yeah. at us i know that you guys are probably a little bit disappointed but uh yeah they'll be here tomorrow and this, for this you week guys
0: will be episode 43 of the answers i had to actually yeah, i was like and, is that accurate check, but yeah i had to check <laughs> and make sure i last week was the episode 42 for them we've got we've gotcha. got a few more episodes than that but yeah
1: yeah uh yeah that shows great it's a hit um which is one more hit than the pittsburgh pirates had on sunday afternoon despite getting a win against <laughs> the cincinnati reds so let's start there uh For the sixth time in MLB history, a team without a hit wins a game. The first time since 2008 that that has happened. Um, So obviously it's possible And people are like, how the heck does that happen? Well, walks and a fielder's choice that Brian Hayes beats out a double play. Uh, on is how this happened on Sunday afternoon for the Pirates but uh, obviously very good pitching performances on both sides Jose Quintana who's been a bright spot for the Pirates very unexpected at least from my point of view I know we had this conversation about him um, on here beforehand but we thought it was like you know just like a name recognition signing like give, give the Pirates something that maybe the fans would be like oh that's that's a guy whose name I recognize and kind of latch on that but he's actually performed yeah. very well well above expectations, I think. Uh, and then obviously on the other side, Hunter Green, who is, a, you know, the Reds, one of their top prospects, uh, he was throwing 100 miles per hour when he had 110 pitches. So he was still throwing gas. And uh, he's he's doing more of what he's expected to do. He hasn't had the best start to his MLB career, but I think that what we saw on Sunday was a glimpse as to uh, what he could be. But, yeah, a uh, historical day in Pittsburgh Pirates baseball.
0: Man, if he was not on the Reds, he might have actually had a real no-hitter and oh, yeah. so mm-hmm. it's just a sh- it's just a shame for him for for that to be the way that it ends up happening but yeah of course it's the pirates for that to happen to i mean we we've seen so many weird plays and weird ways that the pirates have won games so far or lost games and i i think that this just basically like sums up who the pirates are like they, they'll get blown out like they are currently as we're recording to the chicago cubs and they'll win without a hit i mean that that's basically sums up how the pirates are um, mm-hmm. but yeah, you mentioned Jose Quintana. I I honestly think that he's probably been the Pirates' most consistent starter to to yeah, start easily. the year. I mean, we've out, out of like Bryce William, Bryce Wilson, Zach Thompson, Mitch Keller, uh, Brew Baker. We we we've gotten a lack of consistency amongst all of them, but Quintana surprisingly has been a steady horse, like going every, every single time he starts. And it's been a pleasant surprise. Like you said, like preseason, we thought this guy was just going to be coming in to be the fifth starter. He, we didn't think he was going to be good, pretty washed up. And like you said, name recognition. That's one. that's one of the reasons I thought maybe he would be the starting day or opening day, like starter for the pirates or the home opener starter for the pirates, just because like people recognize that name and that's what matters, but didn't end up happening that way. But he, he turned out to be pitching pretty well for the pirates so far. And it, it, it's another weird week for the Pirates. I mean, the we ended last week by losing, getting swept by the or losing two out of three, or we got swept by the Reds. I, I can't remember. I think we got swept lost by the three. Reds. And uh, and and then, or yeah, we lost two out of three, and then we win two out of three and win a series against the Dodgers earlier <laughs> in the week last week because mm. everybody predicted that, and then we split with the Reds again, two and two. I mean, I, I don't know if that's, like, above our expectations, below our expectations, or it, it kind of seems like, to me, that's, like, right where they are. They're going to beat some teams they shouldn't. They're going to lose to some teams that – I mean, you could say they they shouldn't, but, uh, I mean – it's the Pirates, so... Talent-wise, they're, they're right there away. with the Reds, though. It's just yeah. kind of...
1: It, it's ri- yeah. it's ridiculous. The Reds only won three of their first 25 games. Like, that's ridiculous. That's not a testament to where they're going to be at the end of the that's year. That's like a historically
0: um, bad opening yeah, season.
1: Yeah, them and the Pirates are going to be, in my opinion, pretty neck-and-neck neck by the time that we get to the end of the season. Um, but it is crazy. The Pirates... There's eight teams right now that are on pace to lose 100 games, and the Pirates are not one of them. So we mentioned how bad they're losing right now, assuming that they lose this game. They're on 9 nothing as of recording right now. Uh, they would be 15-19 and 19 on the season which honestly, about where maybe even a little bit better than I think expectations were coming into the season. I didn't think that they would lose 100 games in back-to-back seasons. It's very hard to lose 100 games, let alone do it twice in two seasons. Um, So they're about where, honestly, I expected them to be. What's so odd is... I mean, outside of, yeah, Zach Thompson and Quintana have have put together now a couple of good pitching performances in a row. They haven't gotten the pitching that I thought that they would need to in order to be in this spot. And, you know, Brian Reynolds has really struggled this year. I don't know that that's going to continue. I think that he's a guy that can obviously break out of that. D. Brian Hayes has played well, but he doesn't have a homer this year. And you just look up and down that lineup and it's like you wonder how this team is even 15 and 19. Like they seem like they should be a lot worse.
0: There's got a lot of guys that have that dog in them, you know, like those Ben Gamble types. <laughs> you can't I mean, measure it. Yeah, you can't. You can't measure that. But yeah, I, I, I just think it's, it's uh goes to back to what we said about the Pirates so far, like multiple times this year that they've got some guys that are willing to compete every game and they compete throughout the game, no matter whether the score is 21 to nothing, like that Cubs game earlier in the season, or if they're winning, they're they're Let's willing to fight the entire time and maybe the, maybe like luck plays into it maybe some talent plays into it but i just think that there's there's going to be uh, a level of compete from this team no matter what and mm-hmm. uh, i think that's the reason they're, they're way, they are where they are and they're not where the reds are i mean i don't i honestly don't know what's the differences between the reds and the pirates at least talent wise like the reds have a couple good guys i mean the pirates have a couple good guys they each have multiple bad players but for some reason, the Pirates find themselves at fifteen and nineteen, and the Reds are three and twenty-five. It, it doesn't really make sense. They're probably similar teams, like you said. They're probably going to end up very close together when it's all said and done. It might be fi- fighting for fourth or fifth in the in the standings. Maybe the Pirates find themselves a third. Who knows? Well, but, yeah, the
1: Reds had a little bit of a. They've they played better obviously as of late, but they're still easily in the doghouse at nine and twenty-six. Um, oh yeah, which two fifty-seven win percentage, which is insane, but. Yeah, so they've what gone on a seven and three or seven and two stretch as of late, something like that. So they're playing better baseball. Uh, just a real quick roster note, though. Until before we move on to talk about uh, the Penguins, they did uh, bring in a new catcher. Uh, Andrew Knapp was DFA'd, and they claim uh, is it Tyler? Yeah, Tyler Heineman off of waivers from the Toronto Blue Jays. Straight up, have no clue who this guy is. I, I if he's any. <laughs> if he's even like a smidge better than Andrew Knapp, this was obviously a good move, but this just goes back to, we talked about the lack of catching that this team has with Roberto Perez being out for a significant portion of time. Who knows if we're going to see him again in a Pirates uniform. uh, You needed something else to go with Michael Perez. And and that's just a horrible, horrible catching tandem, but it's, I guess it's better than (laughs) Perez and Andrew Knapp.
0: Yeah. Uh, Well, initially when I saw that they picked him up, the first thing that came to my mind is, Another man's trash is another team's treasure. I mean, it, that, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what we're going to get from this guy, but it, it can't be much worse than Andrew Knapp. Might be even the same, but at that point, who really cares? DFA one, pick up another DFA player. off. Another See if he can f-
1: catch lightning in a bottle or something. Yeah, I don't know. Um, all right, but speaking of catching lightning in a bottle. Uh, the Penguins were unable to do that for a full series with Louis Dominguez net. We did get Tristan Jari back for a game seven. We did get Sidney Crosby back for game seven. We did get Ricard Raquel back for game seven. Unfortunately, it did not matter. The Pittsburgh Penguins fall in seven games to the New York Rangers, which I don't want to toot my own horn, was my prediction before the series started. But we're going to talk about that. We're we'll talk about it a lot more. We're going to talk about what the team should look like for the 2022 2023 season. We'll do all that when we come back. This is around the 412 on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. And welcome back to Around the 412 on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Not Ginsers again tomorrow if you're here for them. Uh, I'm Smitty. That is Tyler. Let's talk about the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, no longer playing hockey after Sunday night's loss to the New York Rangers. They fall in seven games to the Rangers um, despite having a 3-1 lead in that series, despite getting to that point with Louis Dominguez net for a good portion of that series, obviously, no Sidney Crosby for a game and a half in the series. Ricard Raquel didn't play from, what was it, like his first couple shifts of game one until game seven. I mean, there were a lot of things going against them, but um, I, I think most people are just going to have that s- still a sour taste in their mouth after blowing a 3-1 lead, after blowing leads in three straight games, 2 nothing lead, 2 nothing lead, 2-1 and 3-2 leads in game seven. Um, I just, I want to start off, obviously, you know, want to get your opinion on this. And, and I know that like, we're going to see hot takes to lore in the coming days. I just think it's another one of those cases where you can't put every single series loss under the same umbrella. I, I get that. We're still disappointed about it. And I think that it's even a little bit more of a bitter taste knowing that this could have been it for this core. Um, and to see them have a three, one lead, I, I know it's devastating, but you got less, you got eight, nine, eight save percentage from your goalies in this series. You got absolutely nothing from your special teams, and to go seven games against the Vezina uh, winner, he's going to win the Vezina, and a goalie that's up for the heart, and that really doesn't happen. Um, if you would have told me that was going to happen at the beginning of the playoffs, well, that's what I predicted would happen, was it go seven games. And that was assuming that it was going to be Casey to Smith Net, not Louis Domingue, not knowing that Sidney Crosby is going to miss a game in half, not knowing Ricard Raquel wasn't going to play all those games. Brian Dumoulin wouldn't play after game one. I mean, this team... <laughs> It's it's almost like you just have to laugh, like everything that this team had to go through. I understand it's still disappointing. I am disappointed as well. But I just I think that it's, you know, I, I can do without all the hot takes and people making it seem like it was such a, an epic, an epic collapse of ridiculous proportions.
0: Yeah, I mean, you, you predicted it to be Rangers in seven. I predicted it to be Rangers in six. And... Mm-hmm. I mean, they ended up going seven games, but there was a lot just fighting against the Penguins in this series, like you mentioned. I mean, who would have expected Louis Domingue to come in and, and be the starter for basically the majority of the series, all, all the series? And, I, and after
1: I, game I, one, it looked like that would be a fine it, thing, I, him coming it in It looked in like a fine
0: thing, but then it, it, it set in that this guy is a, a fringe NHL, most likely the AHL starter, and it, we started to see those third-string goalie mistakes as well as the plays breaking down in front of him. So it it just wasn't a great combination. I mean, you mentioned the penalty kill. Special teams was awful. The Penguins had five goals in this series on the power play, and three of them came from the second unit. Say That number's deceiving. Yeah, and and the, the power play or the penalty kill, what happened from the end of the season to this series? They finished third in the NHL. They were eighty five percent, and in this series they were sixty seven percent. They they were yeah. five of fifteen on 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 power plays for the Rangers. That's unacceptable. That's not what we've seen from the Penguins this year.
1: Yeah, I'll I'll tell you what. A bit, not that I not that I wouldn't do the trade over again. Zach Aston Reese is a big reason why that penalty kill was as good as it was for a majority of the season. Um, that number obviously wasn't going to drop as far as it could have because of. You know, there was only what a couple of weeks of the season left by the time the trade deadline rolled around and Zach Aston Reese was dealt. But he's yeah. he was missed, I, I think a lot, especially in this series. And I missed. think that it showed up. Um Brian Boyle is but too old. Jeff Carter's too 20%, old. Rock McGinn stinks like 20%. Uh, yeah.
0: Like that is a mm-hmm. huge drop off. And having the penalty kill not be up to par with the goalie you had in net is just a bad combination. So there was just so many things going against the Penguins. But as much as I want to say, like, I'm not going to make those excuses and blame it all on that, too. Like the Penguins, like no, you said, no. had multi-goal leads in all three mm-hmm. of the clinching games, and they blew them. That that is also unacceptable, as well as the play in other areas. I, I just think that the Rangers were able to close out the games when they needed to, and the Penguins were not. That, I think that's 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 it. Like the, the I, I don't know what it is. And, and, and I, I don't want to hear it. Like uh, the, the, the officials were like, Oh, against the penguins. Like, no, the officials just suck in peer in, in general for every yeah. team, not just your mm-hmm. team. It doesn't matter. The penguins could have played better. It doesn't matter if, if what, what the penalties were called and, and what penalties were missed. The penguins could have just flat out played better, but they didn't.
1: Yeah, they were about six minutes away in game seven from winning this thing. Um, But yeah, I think that, uh, you know, uh, I mentioned Zach Aston-Reese being a big thing, but the Penguins dominated the series obviously at 5v5, but the biggest thing to me, and this goes back to the regular season, the first two or three shifts, sometimes even the first shift, right after scoring a goal, I don't know what it is uh, about, they just get hemmed into their own zone that first or, you know, those first couple shifts after. And then a lot of the time they give up a goal. I mean, how many times did we see the Rangers in the playoffs or even, like I said, going back to the regular season, the opposing team strike back within the first minute of the Penguins scoring. Th- that a goal.
0: became a pattern the last month and a half of the season. We saw that yeah. multiple times throughout the And month that's of something April that's so
1: hard games. to identify why. Like like there's really nothing that I I think that you can pinpoint that to. Like what what exactly is the reason? Because it's not always like the same line that's being deployed or anything like that. I, I don't know how to figure out what the issue is there. Um, but again, okay, so me going back to this game seven, I mentioned on the last episode that we had the opportunity to record the penguins were up two one in the series the last time that we had a show. Um man, what I would do to go back to those days. Um, but I mentioned how good. <laughs> That the Penguins were on faceoffs, and they still finished the series being well ahead in the in the faceoff circle. But specifically on the penalty kill, they had a lot of trouble in the faceoff circle. Specifically, Teddy Bluter, who's a guy that I singled out in a good way on the last time that we recorded, he was very bad, especially in Game Seven in the faceoff circle in defensive zone draws, and that's kind of his bread and butter because he's not going to score goals. The only thing that he's really going to do in in the offensive zone is some board play to kill time and keep, you know, their team in their own zone um but i thought you know as this series prolonged he was one of the worst players on the penguins raw ro- i mean that whole fourth line wasn't very good i mentioned brock McGinn to me was like the worst player on the penguins roster here down the stretch um but you know bluder and, Bluger, he, I, and he, I don't know he
0: created the turnover and the penalty that ended the, series. the penalty
1: that cost him the series yeah uh, but for me bluder he didn't look like the same player you know after injury and, and maybe that is still a part of it maybe he was playing tentative i don't know but um Yeah, I I think that, and we're about to talk about this, uh, this team has a lot of questions going forward that we're going to get answers to, you know, before we see this team step back onto the ice. Um, I think just from an off-season perspective, and how intriguing it could be. Intriguing is, you know, a loosely used word here. Whether you know, for better or worse, it's going to be intriguing. It's almost like the same as the Steelers. We just had the opportunity to to talk about that not too long ago, right? With Ben going out, with Kevin Colbert going out, like the first time in right. 15 years that we've been talking about either of those things. Now with the Penguins, mm-hmm. we've seen that same trio of players be together for 16 seasons. All of a sudden, two of the three are free agents. So this is, uh, we're gearing up for what could be the most intriguing off-season. For the Penguins that we've ever seen in you know in franchise history, honestly,
0: yeah. In the notes, but before we recorded, you, you, the question is like, when this is the most intriguing off season since when? And I think I would say two thousand five. And the reason for that is that was the season, the off season that they won the draft lottery and they got Sidney Crosby. Ever since that off season, there hasn't really been an off season where like there was a ton of change or they were signing these big players or drafting these big players we we haven't really had that or losing yeah. big players i mean in consecutive mm-hmm. drafts we got uh flurry mulkin and crosby in the first round that like set us Stull. up and then we got latang and then we got stall stall did leave i mean that was a big thing but not like this not nothing even cl- remotely close to this but I would say, like, 2005, that was the last time we've had an offseason that was, like, this big for the Penguins franchise. I mean, arguably, that 2005 offseason is the thing that saved the franchise for being in Pittsburgh. If they don't have Sidney Crosby, I mean, you might be Mm -hmm. cheering for the Kansas City Penguins at this point. But right now, with the unseen future of, like, all these free agents on the the Penguins, especially two of the big three, Mm -hmm. 2005 is the last time I think there's been this big – of a shift for the Penguins.
1: Yeah, I remember after they lost to uh, the Red Wings in the final in 08, there was a lot of talk because like, we had just got Hosa, and was he going to resign then he ends up going to Detroit? I know that that was a very intriguing offseason because it was like, okay, the Penguins got there, but how do they get over that one last hump to beat this seeming dynasty in the Detroit yeah. Red Wings? So I remember, obviously, that offseason very well and what they did, how they had to approach that and obviously they, they go back the next season, they do win the Cup, and then obviously all those offseasons where there was some speculation, people trying to drum it up like they need to trade one of Crosby or Malkin, they would never work together. Dude, since or- 2014
0: and, we've heard Malkin is going to be traded.
1: Yeah. And you know so, and so, then so obviously like the Malkin Letang... speculation
0: for us is nothing new except this yeah. time it's a free agent and not a trade.
1: Mhm. Yeah, exactly. So um all right, so let's just kind of dive into this. Obviously Gino's a free agent, Chris latang's a free agent, Brian yeah. Ross is a free so, agent.
0: I wanted to play a game with you. Um All right, settle I, down, I, Jake, I, so. I I wanted to play a game. <laughs> I wrote down Four different categories, and I have down all of the free agents for the Penguins. Um, and, and By the way, for season. people that are
1: watching or listening to this, I didn't know what this was uh, exactly beforehand. So
0: Yeah, so I'm just is... throwing you into the fire. And this <laughs> is just free agents that are currently on the NHL level on capfriendly.com. So okay. I, there's 11 of them, and I want you to put them in four different categories. We have definitely, probably, probably not, and definitely not for how likely it is of a return to the Penguins in the 2022 season.
1: So not what I would do,
0: not what you would do, like what you okay. think is going to happen. Okay. So I know I know we are not going to agree with a lot of the uh, GMs or the the Penguins GMs in the league. Like, we, we, so not what you would do. What what you think is going to happen? And I I kind of put it in an order where I think it, it goes from uh least exciting to most exciting as far as answers go um so the okay. first one up is nathan bolio 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 okay what, what was the, the, i'm sorry what were the
1: tiers again definitely probably definitely
0: probably probably not and definitely not okay i thought about putting a maybe in the middle but i just stuck with the four okay
1: all right. So, yeah, he's definitely not. Um, They got him for free. There was no yeah. reason, I guess, for them to not make that deal. But uh, there's so much. It, they Even if they move it, one of these guys out, which we, I guess, could talk about, one of these left-handed defensemen out, if it's Thumel and Pettersson, Matheson, they got POJ in the wings. They got Mark Friedman on a great deal. Uh, I, uh No, he's not going to be back.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was a depth, depth signing whenever it happened or a depth trade whenever it happened, but it was just weird. It's like, why do yeah. we, why do we even need this depth when we have all the depth we don't use already? But, yeah, I, I I agree. Yeah. Rekley. I mean, I agree. Definitely not. There's no way he comes back. Okay. Next one up. Brian Boyle. Uh,
1: I'll say, I'll say probably not. The only reason I, I'm not saying definitely not is because obviously Sullivan liked him enough. I think that he showed out uh, pretty well. I, I wouldn't, like if you're asking me if I would, you know, thank him right, for his service. Right. I think he exceeded expectations. But I think that depending on the other offseason moves and how close they are to the cap when they start to fill out the roster, they could circle back if he's uh, presuming he's not signed by another team and obviously now having to have an offseason surgery. I don't think that he will be. So I'm leaning like it's in between probably not and definitely not, but I'll say probably not just for the sake of I don't know what the center depth on the team's going to look like as we get closer to camp.
0: Right. So for my personal choice, I'm with you. I'd say definitely not. I think we he really got exposed in the Rangers series. I, I don't think he has the legs. I mean, he's a 37-year-old forward. Um, mm-hmm. So the speed is not there for him. I, I think that it was definitely a cool story to see him come in on a trial contract and perform the way that he did for this, this season for the Penguins. But yeah, I, I think with the age, the style of play, I, I I'm just... On the definitely not side, but for me, I I do agree with you. I'd put him in the probably not in terms of the Penguins' viewpoint on him. Um, so the next one up, Louis Domingue, Mr. Pork, mm. spicy pork and broccoli himself.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, uh, so I'll say, see, he would be somebody that if you, you did put that maybe in here, I would probably have him there. I'll say probably not, but it could be a, a probably if they want to try to like, Do something with the Smith and make the Ming the backup to Jari. Um, So I'm somewhere in the middle of those two. I'll I'll slightly lean, probably not. Um, I don't know that they're just going to like throw this (laughs) postseason, you know, completely on him. Um, But you know, he performed how you would think that a guy with his resume would perform. And um, I don't know that he's even capable of being a serviceable (sighs) NHL backup. But if they were to try, and now the Smith has had you know core muscle surgery in back-to-back years. Uh, it's possible that he returns as the NHL backup, but I'll say probably not because I'd rather have it be probably not.
0: Yeah, me too. I'd put him in probably not. I think if he came back, it would just be to mainly be the Wilkes-Barre Scranton starter. I don't think they would ideally want him to be the backup to Tristan Jari. I do think they'd at least want it to Smith, if not someone else. I mean, maybe they do make a move or a signing of a, a different goalie to try to bring in a backup. But I just don't think that Deming has really much value. I, I I think that like like he was a good story as well, but not that great of a goalie, as much of a good story. So I'd put him in probably not. The only thing I'd want him for is Wilkesbury. But even then, maybe maybe we'll take some uh, evaluation of goalie talent down in Wilkesbury, like Alex Diorio. I literally know yeah, nothing about him. A- ask Taylor Haas; uh, she probably knows way more than either of us do. We we know nothing about any of the Wilkesbury guys, really. So. Yeah, I, I I would put him in probably not. So next up we have the main man himself, Kasperi Kapanen. <laughs> Is he coming back? I'm wondering
1: when we're gonna start getting to the guys that I'm actually like intrigued by and we could have a, a conversation about. Um Oh that's coming probably come, this front off- come to later. This uh this front office did not acquire him. Obviously, we also have new ownership taking over. I don't think that he did enough. He he performed uh, decent for a couple of games in those playoffs, but then again, down the stretch he was kind of invisible again and brought game down Gino's line he in that really game six anything. and seven. And uh, so, yeah, for me, I'm I'm gonna say probably not. Um, I would be definitely not if he were like a straight up UFA, but I'll say probably not.
0: So I'm gonna say definitely not. I, I okay. I'd put him at definitely not because I just think that the the little glimpses we got in the playoffs in the first like three to four games is not going to be enough to make up for basically a wasted season. I mean, this this guy had high praise. I'll bring it up again on this show. Smitty had him at 33 goals on the season and leading the Penguins. Clearly Mm -hmm. that did not happen. Um, I just think that they're ready to move on. I mean, he is an RFA, so maybe that changes things. Maybe they look to try, try to see if they can get any taker to trade his rights or anything. But if it's me, I'm not even giving a qualifying offer. I think the Penguins are going to have cap issues no matter what, and I don't really want to put any of my cap into Kasperi Kapanen. So, and I don't think the Penguins do either I, at this point. And so I, I'm putting him in definitely not. All right. Next up, I, I think this is where we start to get a little more intriguing. Uh, I have Danton Heinen up next.
1: I'm going to say probably. I think at one point, you know, we talked about this. I felt like he was kind of in Sullivan's doghouse, but he's kind of like, other than playing center, one of those Swiss army knives that like Sullivan always loves to have on the roster. I, I think that it will be a reasonable deal that he gets. I think that he'll get a modest, um a modest raise on his deal. He's making like what? 1.1 million or something this year. 1 million, 1.1 yeah. million. Yeah. So I think that he'll get a modest raise there, but I think that he's a guy that that Sullivan does covet, and I think that he can play, you know, in the middle six, even on the fourth line of times. I think he brings enough of a defensive presence to play down there. Uh, But honestly, I I like him better as a second or third line wing, um, and I think that he's capable of doing that. So I'll say probably. uh, I'm not going to go as far as definitely, but I'll say probably for Danton Heinen.
0: I'll say probably too. I I liked what he – we saw it down the stretch from him. I, I think that overall in the season, he had a pretty good season. And I, I do I do agree. I think that second, the third line wing is where he fits the best. I mean, he had 18 goals on the season. He added, uh, what would he have, one goal in the playoffs? Or am I thinking wrong? Um, he had two at least. Two? Where, well, he's – yeah, on,
1: he's – he scored in game seven, oh, he but three. he also had, he had the three. game winner. Sorry, I, I remember yeah. two right off the bat, but I had –
0: yeah, so he had three. Okay. Uh, I, I would put him in probably. I, I think that he's one of those vi- depth value guys that they're going to need um, to retain. I mean, maybe they give him a, another one year deal, two year deal, maybe. I don't know. Uh, it's I, I don't see them giving him like a longer term contract, like a three four. No, but so I think that there are going to be other
1: suitors. Max. That they're, that they're going to have out there. So that's why I think he gets a modest raise. But at the same time, I really think that he liked playing in Sullivan's system. You know, he kind of rebounded here from playing in Anaheim. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he's necessarily yeah. chomping at the bit to leave Pittsburgh either.
0: Yeah, for sure. All right, up next, this is a very, uh, I feel like, controversial one for the fan base. Evan Rodriguez.
1: Uh, this is my first definitely. I'm going to say definitely. And again, I think that he's another guy that I think it's a modest raise, but I think Sullivan likes him so much. Um, Obviously, he wasn't thrilled with that penalty that he took um, but that kind of turned the tides of game six. And, you know, Sullivan even said as much. But, you know, this guy can do a little bit of everything. You know, he, he kills penalties when you need him to. Maybe he's elevated into more of that role without Brian Boyle being around next season, if that is the case. Um, and maybe another winger that we're going to bring up here in a little bit. But I, I think that he's just a guy who can play center, can play wing, can play second line through fourth line, you know, in, in any of those roles. And, and Sullivan, I think, covets that similarly to what I just said about Dan and other than the fact that Rodriguez can also play center. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, this is my first definitely for me. I think that if I'm a betting man, Evan Rodriguez is still in the Penguins next year.
0: Yeah, I don't think Evan Rodriguez is what we saw in the very beginning of the season, but I also don't think he is what we saw throughout the last two to three months of the season. He, I think he's somewhere in the middle of that, and I think he is a guy that can do it all, like you said. And I, I do think that moving forward, the Penguins are best suited to have him as their third-line center if he's going to be on this team, and that would mean bumping Carter to the wing, assuming he would still be on the team, which, I mean, we could talk about on a different show. But I, I, I do think that... Evan Rodriguez at least still has some value. I do not think he is as bad as what we saw to finish the season. I mean, maybe the confidence really did bug him that much, but the drop-off was just astronomical. So I, I don't yeah. think he's that type of player. I do think that he's going to be back, and I do think part of that is because Sullivan likes him. Sullivan has players that he just like really likes and likes to keep around. And for a while, Dominic Simone was that player. Uh, and uh, coincidentally enough, a lot of people were relating Evan Rodriguez to Dominic Simone going down the stretch of the season. So that to me, that is a key that he's going to be back for the Penguins. And you said he, you think he gets a modest raise. What do you think is a, a – a, uh significant raise for him. I mean, he's at 1 million right now. So do you think yeah. he goes up to two and a half, three? Like, what are we talking?
1: I was just say 2.25. I think that you're going to have another team or two that maybe could, you know, try to kick the tires on him. But again, he's another guy that I think just would rather stay in Pittsburgh, whether, whether, or I'm sorry, rather than make a couple hundred thousand dollars more. Um. So yeah, I, I'm looking at like maybe a, a two year deal, not quite $5 million, maybe in like four and a half four point seven five
0: range okay now we're moving on to a, another goalie one we lost earlier in the this playoff run casey to smith do you think he is back
1: <sighs> yeah this would this would be again you know if, if we had those those five tiers i'd probably say maybe um yeah i'll say probably um the only thing that like i'm is hanging me up is this is now back-to-back years where him being injured um, has really changed the course of of what they've gotten goal, um, because they would have loved mm-hmm. to have turned to him last year uh, instead of Jari with Jari faltering in the playoffs. And this year, I I I I can't guarantee that it doesn't go seven, but I think even with the Smith and net, the Penguins are able to wrap up this series against the Rangers. Um, yeah, so I, I which think is funny that because, because we,
0: of, we we talked bit whenever the that happened, like whenever he got injured. That yeah, we didn't think the drop off was going to be that. I have game yeah, I Smiths tweeted that main, like and, and I thought we they were about we were wrong. Yeah,
1: hundred percent. I was wrong. I'll admit it. But I will say just because of what the alternatives look like, I can't imagine Hextall's not going to address goalie in back to back off seasons. I'm, I'm between probably and probably not because okay because of me thinking that they won't they have to address goalie again for a second straight off season, and also because of back to back years with injury. I'll say probably not for DeSmith.
0: Well, hey, it turned out today that uh, they might be kicking the tires on Marc-Andre Fleury. Who knows? But <laughs> we, we could talk about that again on another show. But uh, I'm going to say probably just because I feel like we – if you would have asked me this in January, I would have said heck no because of the, the play of DeSmith was so bad. But I think he really mm-hmm. turned it around after like late january on he did he was a really good backup goalie like honestly one of the better ones in the league probably at that time mm-hmm. and I just don't think there's any goalie like that's down in wilkesbury that's ready to come up and backup goalie to me is like one of those awkward positions where it's just like how do you fill it in the off season i mean there's not really a lot of like Coveted free agents that are going to be backup goalies, I feel like. And you, like, what do you trade for one? Like, I, I like think that we're going to see. Position.
1: Yeah, I think even we saw Jari play a lot this year. And I think, you know, I, I would rather that not be the case, even though I love the guy. I think in this yeah. case, especially with goaltending in this league now, less is more. You're going to get more out of him when you when you limit those games. I want them to have that 1A, 1B. So I'm not looking for a guy that is like, I'm viewing as like a backup goaltender. I'm looking for a guy that's playing nearly the same amount of games as Tristan Jari.
0: Yeah. And still, to me, that's tough. Like, how many it of is. those are there yeah. that aren't on the not And I wouldn't even goalies.
1: roll. But they're going to have, you know, I, I don't know how, how much of this is going to come true, you know, what we're saying on here, probably probably not with these guys. But assuming they didn't right. bring any of them back, they got $30 million. And, I, and again, Hextall knows how important goaltending is, I think, being that he has that background. And I just, I cannot see them not addressing goalie for a second straight season. And I'm not just saying free agent. I think that they could look to maybe, maybe that's where we see one of those left-handed defensemen. It's like the same conversation we had last year. Maybe that's where we see one of those left-handed defensemen offloaded is to bring in a goaltender.
0: Right. All right. Moving along. I'm going to, I'm kind of going to lump these two together because I think one depends on the other and it's going to be Brian rust and Ricard Raquel. Brian
1: rust. I I mean, I'm, I'm teeter tottering here. I'm I'm gonna say definitely not. I I I truthfully think this is his shot to really get paid. He's been playing on a discount his entire tenure here in Pittsburgh. Uh, this is his shot to finally get the bag I mean it's been linked to Detroit basically going back to last offseason if the Penguins were to try to unload him um, as you know and get something for him as opposed to just losing him in free agency I I think that this is his shot to finally get paid And I think he does so I'm not guaranteeing it's going to be Detroit but you know I think that he could get like nearly like a Zach Hyman deal and there's no way the Penguins are giving him that if he comes back on a discount again I mean God bless him but uh I, I I I don't see it happening and I can't fault him for not doing so. Uh, And then to turn off of that Ricard Raquel for me is, is a probably, I think that with what they got for him, I know that the penguins as a whole and I understand they have a new management, new ownership and stuff. You're not trading away guys, assuming that they're a rental. I think that they're going to do everything they can to retain him. I think that the results showed enough um, for that to be the case. I think anytime a guy is a rental, it's either because they didn't perform once you traded for them and you want to cut bait or, I mean, you your cap situation is so terrible, and the Penguins have the money right now. I mean, at least right now, before they re-sign the guys that we're talking about, Ricard Raquel. If if they want him to be the priority, he absolutely can be. So I'm going to say
0: probably. Yeah, I I think I'm I'm definitely with you on Rust. I just think that he is going to make too much money elsewhere. I, like you said, the Zach Hyman deal. I believe Zach Hyman's deal is like a seven year deal worth eight million dollars a year. And I, I think if Russ wanted to, he could get a team to pay that or at least something close to that. And the Penguins definitely can't. And especially the, the reason I, I paired them together is it's because it's like if you paid the one in Rust, you you can't pay Raquel. And if you pay Raquel, you can't pay Rust. You kind of have to pick your own poison there. And not that yeah. it's either one's poison. They're very, both very good players. But you're going to lose the other one if you sign the other. But I'm with you. I think Russ has had his time in Pittsburgh. If he comes back, that's great. But if not, then, I mean, good luck. I, I, I really hope he does He does good, but I would put him in definitely not. I just I just think it's it's time. He's going to make too much money, and it's time for him to cash in. I mean, he's won two Cups with the team. As much as he'd probably like to try to win another, this is going to be his biggest payday that he can get in this league. So go and take it, my friend. Um, and as far as Raquel, you put him in probably, Probably, I'm going to put him in definitely. And I, I think that, this this uh, front office is not going to want to lose this guy after what they gave up for him, and I know like they didn't give up like a first round pick, which is honestly great, but th- you're not going to trade for a rental to try to just not sign him. I I, I think the Penguins are going to definitely bring him back. I think they saw what he brings to this team, and he's a lot different of player than what I thought coming into Pittsburgh. I I, I didn't know that Ricard Raquel could be. Good in his own end. I didn't know that Ricard Raquel could lay he's the even got with like that does. skin paper
1: that Brian Burke is looking for.
0: Yeah, and he's he's a great playmaker. He's got a good shot. I I think that this is a guy that is really perfect for the Penguins, and we saw that he is a perfect winger to go along with Jake and Sid. I think if if Rust moves on, then there's no reason that he <laughs> should not be on that top line. Solly can't if, do it. Sid. if He's
1: not going to be able to do it. Yeah.
0: He, I, I know, I, but but that's the thing with with Rust gone. I don't think Sully's going to have the winger that he can put up there. I think the reason that he that Raquel was put up not put up there anymore after a couple of weeks was just because Rust came back, and I, I think that they wanted him to be with Sid, and that's it's kind of like a Sullivan tendency. But I, I think that Raquel plays amazing with Sid. We saw the chemistry already. And I think they're gonna add on to that. And I, I just don't think the Penguins are gonna to want to lose him after this short stint with the team and what we saw from him. Yeah. All right. <sighs> Moving on to the last two, but we'll go one by one. And we will start okay. with Evgeny Malkin. Oh,
1: okay. I wasn't sure what sure which way we we're gonna start with. Um <clears throat> I I hear all the outside noise and I'm believing none of it. I'm definitely on Gino. Um, yeah. he's even said himself in very eloquently only as Gino could. I'm a very rich man. I don't think <laughs> that he's looking to break the bank on this deal. I don't think he's going to feel like slapped in the face or anything lowballed by what the penguins are willing to give him. I know that there's like even reports coming out same day as we're recording this, that dispute that, um, I just, until he's not, uh, it's hard for me to believe that he would play anywhere else. I mean, as is the next guy we're going to talk about, but I might have a different answer there. Um, I just, I don't see it. I, I mean, I know that it like shouldn't even leak into like the Sid conversation, but for me it does because these guys have spent so much time together and been, you know, Batman. I I don't even want to like discredit Gino by calling him Robin, but like for the sake of this, like been Batman and Robin for so long together, I just, he's going to, he's going to remain in Pittsburgh and they're going to finish their careers
0: here. Batman and Nightwing. He's like an upgraded Robin. <laughs> there you uh, go. There you go. I, I, I think that. I'm with you. I don't see a way that he doesn't come back. I know that there was numbers thrown around today that offered like a three year, 5 million AAV deal. I, I don't really know if that is true, how much to stock to put in that, but I just don't see a way that the penguins are going to let him go. And honestly thinking about it, where is he going to go where he could get more than what the penguins would probably offer him. And, and I'm I'm, I'm looking at probably, He would probably get somewhere in the six and a half to seven and a half million dollar range is where I would like him to be. I don't know if that's where the Penguins are going to be, but Mm -hmm. where is he going to go? Especially after having knee surgery, I mean, he still looks good, but he's definitely not the same player. Yeah, he, yeah, he's still a point per game player, but he's not going to be that Russian Bear superstar like we once saw. I mean, age catches up to these guys. He's not going to be the Art Ross winner anymore. But that doesn't mean he's not a great player in his own right. Still, I, I I think that he needs to come back. I think he's going to come back, and may, maybe he maybe he does like decline a little bit as the years go on. But as of right now, I see no reason the Penguins should not offer him a deal. And maybe you do offer him a three million dollar contract or a three year contract. Excuse me, not million dollar. That would be a slap in the face. But a three year contract that way, him and Sid are up at the same time and they can decide what they want to do with them together, whether they want to retire at the same time, whether they want to keep playing, whether he goes Mm -hmm. to the KHL and Sid continues to play with the Penguins, whatever. If you give them a three-year contract, at least they have that decision to be made whenever that time comes in 2025. So I'm with you. I I think he is in the definitely category for the Penguins. And the last one, which I I thought Evan Rodriguez might be the most controversial one. But honestly, Chris Letang might be the most controversial one. But I saved him for last because, in my opinion, he should be the number one priority, even over a guy like Evgeny Malkin, to the Penguins in this coming offseason. But what are your thoughts on it?
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, for me, like I understand Crosby's the best player, he's the most valuable player, but Chris Letang's kind of the st- straw that stirs this drink. And I think that a big portion of that is because we haven't seen like John Marino take that step that we were hoping that he would offensively since his rookie year. We haven't seen POJ play really at all in the NHL. Like there, there's not a Chris Letang yeah. waiting in the wings. Like there was a Chris Letang waiting in the wings when Sergei Gonchar, the the, the former quarterback of the power play, moved on, um, and Chris Letang kind of took over that role. Ended up playing 30 minutes a night for you know, a decade plus. Um, there's just not that guy. So I think that Crystal Tang is definitely the most important free agent they have, which is crazy to say when you're talking about Evgeny Malkin also being a free agent. Um, but man, for me, he because he is a guy, unlike Gino, I think that, that can demand a raise. It's a little bit tougher. Now, the question is like, is, is he going to do that? Like, again, this is getting back to like how much stock you want to put in these reports that we're hearing, how much stock you want to put in the fact that his first agent is now the GM in Montreal and everybody. So that's a very easy connection for everybody to make. Um, I saw somebody on Twitter. I wish I knew who it was. I know who, like, the handful of people who were having the conversation. So it was either, like, um, Jeff, who's been on the show, you know, Jeff with an O on Twitter, um, right. or Jas or Hunter. I can't remember which which one of them said this specifically. But it was basically, like, right now, just flip Chris Latang and Evgeny Malkin's cap yes, hits, and you're golden. Okay. Yeah. And, that, and that's kind of, like, the sweet spot to get those deals done. And for me, I'm completely fine with that. So Crystal Letang at nine and a half million for th- the holdup apparently is the years, not even the money. That's, that was the original report before, you know, you brought up the three or $5 million matching deals. They were reportedly yeah. offered, which again, I'm not believing. I'll, I'll, I'll believe it when I actually see that um, for the sake that I know that he can still get paid uh, more than what he's making right now. And, and again, this isn't the front office the, the same front office, this isn't the same ownership. I'll put him not, uh, if there was a, maybe I, again, if there's was a fifth, maybe I would probably do that.
0: I really screwed you uh, on some of these.
1: Yeah, you really did. Uh, but i w I'm not willing to say probably not. So for me, it's gotta be a probably.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I, I can't put him in that. Definitely because there is that unknown, like, would he actually leave for the money? I mean, he's, like Mm -hmm. you said, he's the one guy that can demand a raise, and there's all this speculation about Montreal. I mean, they've got the money to be able to give give it to him. His first agent is the GM. There's a lot of smoke. I mean, he's from uh, French Canada. That that was his childhood team. So there's so many connections there. But at this point in his career, like, honestly – can the Penguins at least come close to the money that they're going to offer him elsewhere? That's what I want to wonder because, I mean, you've won, and I understand that you've you probably at this point are not just looking for a Stanley Cup, but you're looking for a last payday. But how much more of a payday do you really need? And I know this is I'm not the guy making the contract or getting the contract, so I can't really say anything. But yeah. at, at this point, I feel like people are just going to like be quick to throw away what the city of Pittsburgh means to Latang, what his teammates mean to Latang, the penguins organization. I mean, Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin. I feel like there's a lot more that goes into it than just who is going to throw the biggest check at him. And yeah. to me, I, I think that that will play into his decision. And I, I think that if the penguins can come close, maybe they don't make, make it to nine and a half, but maybe they do like eight and a half or nine. I think that could get it done. And I think that the guys that we've been talking about, you can make this work and still pay Chris Letang the most amount of money of, among the the Penguin free agents. Mm-hmm. So I'm with you. I'm in the probably. I can't put him in the definitely, but I'm not going to put him in the definitely not. Like they are going to at least try to bring him back. I feel like. And this isn't the same regime, but I mean, this is Chris Letang we're talking about. And as as far as term goes, I would per- personally want to get him on like a three year deal, just like I would want Gino on, and then to have him with end with Crosby yeah. as well. But if, if you want to throw in an extra year, like if he wants an extra year, four-year deal, maybe that fourth year turns out to be really bad play-wise versus the money. But at that point, who cares? I mean, he, they're at the tail ends of their career. What are we getting from these guys? How good are the Penguins at this point? We don't know. That's all like in the future. So if he wants an extra year, who cares? Just give it to him. I, I think that people make it seem so easy to replace Chris Letang, and not just because of like – the the minutes he made plays. I mean, he doesn't play like the thirty minutes like he used to, or at least got close. But still, like twenty five minutes a night, that's that's not easy to replicate. The offense is not easy to replicate. And as as much as people would want him to score more goals, like, I mean, he had a career year offensively this year. He was amazing. It was one of his better years, and so I just think that there's there's no one in the farm system to be able to replace that. The only guy in the free agent market that maybe could come close is John Klingberg, and he's going to get a certain amount of money from another team as well. And personally, I'd rather just pay the guy that we already have a certain amount of money. So yeah, and plus Klingberg, you're going to be looking for even more term on top of a deal instead of Letang, maybe three to four years. So yeah, I'm with you. I'm, in the, I'm in the probably category. And worse defensively. Yeah, I, I'm in the probably category. I mean, and again, like Letang has his faults. We we both know that, but what he brings to the team is too much to just overlook for those faults for. Um, but all right, so let me give this a rundown a little bit. For, so in my my definitely, I have Evan Rodriguez, Raquel, Gino, Danton Heinen, or Danton Heinen isn't probably. So those are the definitely Evan Rodriguez, Raquel, Gino, probably. Danton Heinen, Casey DeSmith, Latang, probably not. Boyle, Domingue, and definitely not. I have Boliu, Bully, Casper, Kapanen, and Russ. You have in your definitely, we have the same Evan Rodriguez uh, and Gino, but you don't have Ricardo Cal. You have him down and probably – um. Along with Latang and Danton Heinen, and then, and probably not, you have Boyle, Domingue, Kapanen, and Casey DeSmith. and then finishing out, definitely not. We have the same Bolio and Rust. So, we agree on some, good. a little bit different on others, but overall, we have to keep good tabs of this to
1: see how it actually goes.
0: Yeah, I, I say I say I saved it in a note on my computer. So as this free agency and off season goes along. We can uh, revisit this, and th- there's a lot of off season to come, so there's going to be a lot of conversations to be had about the future of this team and even different areas on the lineup. Maybe we talk about guys like Brock McGee and Jeff Carter, what their futures are going to be on the team, some of those left-side no, defensemen. There's a lot to move on to, but hey, um, welcome to the off season, it, folks. It was,
1: yeah, speaking of moving on, real quick, we are going to take another quick break. We'll be right back. Uh, we're going to talk about the most talented wide receiver in Steelers history once to – I don't know if he wants to build a new bridge in Pittsburgh or rebuild one that he burned down already, but Antonio Brown is trying to make amends here with the Steelers to retire as a Pittsburgh Steeler. We're going to talk about that when we come back to Surround the 412 on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. right and welcome back to around the 412 on the dk pittsburgh sports podcast network again not yinzers you gotta wait another day for that uh i'm smitty that is tyler let's finish up the show talking about uh antonio brown did we ever think that we'd be talking about him on around the 412 (laughs) again uh he tweeted out that he wanted to retire a Steeler, and then had to clarify to say he meant you know not play for them again but Basically sign a one day contract. He didn't say sign a one day contract, but retire a Pittsburgh Steeler, not play for them. Just sign a one day contract so that that would be who he retired as. That's who he went down as uh, playing for. Um, I, I really don't even know what to say about this. You know, I'm wearing this "Never Say Never, But Never" shirt. Uh, that inspired by Mike Tomlin. I mean, it's tough because for me, I still have that sour taste in my mouth about the way everything ended. But at the same time, like all the memories, all the great things that he did on the football field. And who am I to say that he shouldn't be able to? I mean, if the organization, the people that he did, you know, burn those bridges with can forgive him and allow him to sign a a one day contract, retire as a Pittsburgh Steeler. Why should I, as a fan, feel some type of way about it? That's kind of the way that I am now thinking about it. Although when I first saw it, man, like I was like, no nope can't have this he does not deserve to be able to do this um, right but i've kind of taken a step back you know stopped being over emotional about the situation realized it's just a game it's just a sport and um i, I would be okay either way if the steelers can forgive him and-, and allow him to do that so be it he is statistically in my opinion uh he had the greatest stretch of any receiver in NFL history in my opinion but just from an actual talent perspective i understand that like Maybe the off the field stuff will leave a sour taste in people's mouths where they're like, no, Heinz Ward, John Stallworth, uh, Lynn Swan. They're all better receivers in Steelers history just from what Antonio Brown was actually actually capable of doing on football field. He's the greatest Steelers receiver of all time.
0: If anyone says Heinz Ward is better than Antonio Brown, they need to get something <laughs> checked. I mean, I've already seen it. So, I,
1: listen, so many times
0: I know. But, and, and I think that just goes with the bitterness of Antonio Brown still. I I, yeah. I understand that completely, and I think this whole situation would be completely different if he would have parted ways with the team in a natural setting and he mm. goes to play somewhere else. Then it is what it is. It's, it's water under the bridge. But the way that he went out, the way he handled it, and not even just here, like what he did in Oakland as well. I mean, that that also adds on to it. There was just a lot going I mean, on. He let, he
1: walked with, off the field from Tampa Brown. Bay.
0: Yeah, it, it's continued to happen. And like you said, like immediately I'm like, dude, there's no way that this is going to happen. There's no way they should, they should let this happen. But when you think about it, I, this dude meant a lot to this organization for a long time. To me, he is the best receiver, like you, in in the – in the Steelers history and he's one of the best receivers of all time it, like you said that that, that, that like five years stretch five to six years stretch he was the best receiver in the NFL up against anybody and he I, like people want to compare him to Julio personally I don't think it was close I, I think Antonio Brown was just a step better than Julio at that time and yeah. obviously Julio's had the longevity better but it is what it is but to <laughs> me as far as this decision goes I think the only people that it really matters is Art Rooney II, Mike Tomlin, and I will throw, even though he's retired, Kevin Colbert in there. If they're okay with it, then I would say, by all means, go for it. Because I think those are the three people that were impacted by it the most. And as long as they have, say, the okay, then I'm fine.
1: What about Ben? Do you think that at all – they would, uh, I, I don't think that they're going to, oh, hey, Ben, um, we're thinking about doing this. What do you think? But do you think that he would be taken into consideration at all in something like this? And we don't even know that the Steelers would. Again, this is like, do we feel like they should? I, I, don't, I don't have an opinion right. on should they. I guess that's what I'm getting at. Would the Steelers even consider this? I have no clue because, again, those bridges might, we have a ton of them in Pittsburgh. He burned pretty much every one of them. I, I don't yeah. know how the Steelers right. feel about this situation
0: maybe include ben i mean for how big of a guy this for the, for the organization it was i mean he's the the biggest stealer in history i mean to me at least i mean no, i know there's a lot of them but to me i'd put no one ahead of ben in, in terms of importance to this franchise and
1: really uh, I, I feel like we might yeah. some comments about that
0: i mean because I, I mean for it, me it, i think it's it joe it green is.
1: first and foremost and then it's a conversation
0: i, I so I think Joe green might be the most iconic, but in terms of importance, I mean, I think Ben's the best quarterback. He played the most important position. He's the best quarterback in Steelers history. And I I think that he's a topped 12 to 15 quarterback of all time. And I I don't think you could say that for many other guys in Steelers history, like at at their own position. Although Antonio Brown is one of those guys that you could make that case for. (laughs) So, so I I don't know. I, 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 Maybe they may consider him, but I would still stick with at least those three, like the, the head mm-hmm. coach, the GM and the owner.
1: Yeah. And again, I, I mean, if you're a fan, obviously you can have an opinion on it. We all have opinions on it. But for me, I think just taking a step back, you know, how much does my opinion actually matter here? It's one of those things. It's like if the organization doesn't feel some type of way about it, if they're OK with it, if they allow him to do so, what? why should I feel like that's the wrong thing for them to do? He didn't do anything to me.
0: Yeah,
1: true. Um, Let us know what you guys think Uh, in the comments. Obviously, like this is going back to, you know, all the Penguins talk as well. Uh, We would love to see your guys list. If you can remember those four tiers again, um,
0: they were. What were they again? What were the four tiers that we were using? Definitely, Definitely, probably, probably probably not. And definitely not. Let us know what what Penguins free agents you think are going to come back in those categories.
1: Yeah, put them in the comments, tweet them at us, we don't care. Um, also with questions, we haven't been getting a ton of questions recently, but we're always down to answer them. Um, so if you guys have any other questions, you can leave them in the comments, you can tweet them at us, DM us, whatever. Um, but Especially other than that, Let's I be think... honest,
0: we only, have, we only have Pirates Baseball. Oh, uh, yeah, we're moving into... Until September, so uh, we we'd it. appreciate some downtime
1: Yeah, a lot of downtime on Around the 412 coming up in the coming weeks, but that will do it for this episode. This was not... Uh, an episode where we needed a ton of questions jam-packed to the brim here on Around the 412 for this specific episode. Uh, Subscribe to the channel if you aren't already. Leave us a like, leave us a comment. Uh, Subscribe on wherever you listen to other podcasts, by the way. Hit up our link tree. You can find all of them there. Um, I don't have anything else. Do you? Nope. Watch Yinzers tomorrow. We've been kind of promoting them throughout the entire thing anyway, but watch all the shows on the DK Pittsburgh sports podcast network, whether, Oh, watch or listen, whatever your method is, however you enjoy your podcast content. But other than that for Smitty, for Tyler, we'll talk to you guys next week, next Wednesday, not Tuesday next week. Uh, Other than that, we'll talk to you guys then. Bye. Bye.